Father, we thank you this evening for your word that speaks so powerfully of Jesus, his compassion, his power, his challenge, and his invitation. We pray, Lord, that as we meditate on your word, we may indeed come alive to all that you have for us this evening as gift, that we too may rise and go and find ourselves made whole in the love of your spirit. Amen. What an incredible invitation that is from Jesus. Must have rung in that man's ears for the rest of his life. Rise and go. Your faith has made you not only well, the word Jesus uses is completely whole and alive and full and healed in the fullest sense of the word. It's a just, I got a new life, a new beginning ahead. He wasn't just healed of his leprosy, but now he was to enter into the fullness of life that Jesus spoke of. Do you remember in John 10, 10? Come to bring life in all its fullness. Your faith has made you well. He was walking into this new life that Jesus had opened up. And from then on he was, to coin a phrase, learning to live the life. The life that Jesus intended for him and the life that Jesus was giving him. What does that life look like? What might have it looked like going forward from there? I wonder whether he thought, now I can have a nice, comfortable, uh, put your feet up sort of life. Now I can have a life, I'm healed and everything will be sorted. I'm going to have no problems. My family will accept me back. I'll enjoy time with my children and grandchildren and it'll just be nice. Actually, I won't have any financial worries because you know, we've been able to save some money. I know my family are, are fairly well off and uh, you know, things will be just nice. I don't know whether that's the full life that Jesus quite intended when he said, rise and go. Your faith has healed you, has made you well. I came across recently a, uh, a list uh, of things that uh, had been written as suggestions, actually, uh, in a, a, a book uh, by, collected by the staff at Bridger Wilderness Park in Wyoming. And they posted some of the suggestions that had been returned to them by park visitors. And it, it's an interesting reading. See what you think. Would you have posted these when you'd gone in this huge wilderness park, these massive trails and mountains and all the stuff around, very rugged place. First, here are a few. Trails need to be reconstructed. Please avoid building trails that go uphill. <laughs> Too many bugs and leeches and spiders and spider's webs and nasty things like that. Please spray the wilderness to rid this area of these pests. 
third one says, please pave the trails so that the snowplow can go up and clear them during the winter. So we have a nice, easy walk and without that horrible thing called snow. Chairlifts would be a good idea. They could be installed in some places so we can get wonderful views without having to hike to them. You know, it's such a bore, isn't it? Having to go uphill. Um, next one's about wild animals. The coyotes make too much noise at night and they kept me awake. Please eradicate these annoying animals. <laughs> it's like the owls up in the Brecon Beacons where I go, I think, oh, it's that screech owl again. And then I think, oh, wonderful to hear a screech owl at four o'clock in the morning. I have to remind myself. A small deer came into my camp and stole my jar of pickles. Is there a way I can get reimbursed? <laughs> this is one of my favourites. Escalators would help on the steep sections. A McDonald's would be nice at the trailhead. And the best one of all, I think, too many rocks on these mountains. Well... I don't know what uh, we might feed back as a result of going into a wilderness park. We wouldn't be quite in line with what Jesus intended if we fed back to him when he said, rise and go into this world and live life to the full. We said, actually, Lord, it's just a bit too tough. You know, can you just make it a bit easier for me, please? But do you really want to walk through life and miss all the dangers, the wonder, the beauty, the sweat, the tears, the challenges, the triumphs. Do you want a life like that? I sort of do, but I really don't. Do you want a Christian faith which, when prayer is asked, is quickly answered and becomes a formula for getting what you want? every time? Do you want a faith where doubts are removed, where emotional wounds are instantly healed, where mystery is explained and understanding is clear, where God is safe and totally predictable? Now when Jesus said, rise and go to those ten lepers. Show yourselves to the priests. The first time that he responded to them all after they cried out to him, Lord, have pity, have mercy on us. I wonder if that's what he intended for all those ten. Jesus was attentive to the cry of the hurting. To the lost, he shows his face. To the unloved, he gives his embrace. He gave it then. He reached out and touched those who were untouchable. He does have pity on these people, on these men, but not there, there, sort of, it's all right, you know, things will be fine now. But it's a blunt, direct word. It isn't even a prayer. He doesn't pray for them, you notice. He just sends them on their way, go, and he says, just show yourselves to the priest. 
Now they knew that that was a sign if they showed themselves to the priest, it was a part of the regulations that if somebody was healed, the priest had to say, you are healed. It was his authority that he would uh, pronounce that God had healed that person because there were plenty of people who got healed in those days, not just through Jesus. God was around as well. <laughs> and what he was saying to them was, go on the most dangerous journey of your life. Go from, travel from this leper colony to Jerusalem, to the temple. From any other lips, that would have been a death sentence. Because what they would have had to have coped with on the way would have been impossible. But for these men, from the lips of Jesus, it was a pledge of healing. They knew it. And they began as they went to experience that feeling of, gosh, something's happening. Something is different about me. Did you notice how Luke describes their journey as they went? they were cleansed as they went. Not just there and then they went, but as they went, they were cleansed. Something very significant about that, isn't there? Discipleship, our walk into life in its fullness, happens as we go, as we live it out. Badly, feebly, inconsistently, but as we try and live it out day by day and trust that the presence of Jesus is with us. Remember how Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, if you put into practice the things that I've taught you, you really are my disciples as you go. So I'd like us to just do a bit of imaginative contemplation as we think about that journey of those ten and of what happened to them. And uh, the book I've been reading whilst I've been sunning myself in Spain uh, is Mark Buchanan's Your God is Too Safe. I recommend it highly to any who would like to uh, move into what he calls the holy wild. So I'd invite you just to, uh, just a, a short reflection, our imaginative contemplation. If you'd like to close your eyes and make yourselves comfortable for a minute and allow your imagination to be fired by this piece of writing. I envision it being morning. Maybe Jesus has been alone in the solitary place praying and now he's hungry, heading for a village to buy bread fresh and hot and thick crusty, paddled out from a stone oven. The sun is a splinter of brightness at the edge of the gaunt landscape. Huge, dark, sharp-edged shadows through the earth.
And sudden as the rush of spooked birds taking wings, voices cry out, desperate, urgent. Have pity! Jesus shades his eyes against the sun's widening gleam, looks around. When he saw them, he said, go. And they're off, running, running, amazed to be running. They feel a surge and tingle in bones and flesh that have been long dead like sticks. A dizzying, headlong flood of strength, burning and washing all at once. They could run like this all day, run and not grow weary. They look down, each of them, and see what they have wanted for so long and so badly that they've been almost afraid to hope for it. Hands and feet whose flesh was once cracked and stubbed and ashen now have ruddy smoothness, a wholeness. One counts his toes. Ten! All ten! Another brushes the tips of his fingers together and thrills at the sensation that flits down his nerves. One steps on something sharp, cutting. He laughs. He felt that. And they keep running. But one stops. Go show yourselves to the priests. But right now, that seems secondary at best. One of them, when he was, saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. like to go back to that passage a time that's right for you and reimagine that scene yourself so the one leper comes back there's something more important than going himself showing himself to the priest right there and then that can be done at another time didn't Jesus say didn't say when but in his heart there was something that knew that the only response to this man who had given him new life was to worship, was to praise, was to thank, to throw himself down at this man's feet. Interesting to note that Martin Luther, the great reformer, described 
worship as one leper returning. Isn't that interesting? Worship is one leper returning. Maybe it's more than worship though. Maybe that is the shape of a holy life, a whole life. Maybe worship, thanksgiving and falling at Jesus' feet is what it is all about. Seeking Jesus, finding where he is in life, finding, returning, worshipping, which makes all the difference between just being cleansed and living out a faith that makes us well. Wasn't it Isaiah who said, in returning and rest you shall be saved? There's a lot around that passage that we could think about. Around wholeness, around healing, about what it means to live out our lives as Jesus' disciples. A life that is not comfortable, that is challenging, but full, exciting, dangerous. A God who we never know what he's going to do next. (laughs) What a life that is. And it's only by the Spirit of God that we can lead that life. And we're going to use a very well-known chant now that uh, allows us to ask the Spirit of God. You don't probably even need your words, but if you do, then that's fine. You use them. But that Spirit of the living God fall afresh on me. We're just going to hear uh, Harriet play. We're going to sing it twice and then just invite us to be quiet Harry will play it again and just time to receive well it's only by the spirit of God that we can walk and rise and go as Jesus intends so let's remain seated as we sing